Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. On this episode, Lee Ryder brings you the latest on Cast United's transfer window. Is Matt Ritchie plus cash for Calum Wilson really a good deal? What's happening with Ryan Fraser and why do United need to sell to bring Rob Holden in on loan? All that and much more to come on the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Hello and welcome to the Chronicle NUFC page over on Facebook. And for those listening later on Everything Is Black and White podcast, thanks for joining us. As you can see, joined by Lee Ryder, our Chief Sports Writer. Lee, lots of transfer stories and rumours and gossips to get into. But first, just want to get your take on Newcastle's 5-1 defeat to Middlesbrough uh, earlier in the week. Um, or last last week, sorry, towards the end of last week. Something to worry about, do you think? Well, it was quite an alarming defeat. The scoreline wasn't pretty and there's no hiding place really. And I think for Newcastle fans, they know fine well that pre-season friendlies on a great measuring stick really to to see how the season's going to go. But bearing in mind the season's towards the end of last season, um, you know, they, they didn't finish in brilliant fashion. They started Project Restart all right, but he didn't finish the season in good fashion. So um when you when you sort of couple them together, then it is worrying. And five one against a championship team who were clearly more up for it than Newcastle. Um is is, is a worrying factor for fans, there's no doubt about it. Interestingly, uh, Middlesbrough apparently didn't want any coverage of that game going out and they ended up winning five one. St Maxman Getting a goal for Newcastle, I suppose, if you're looking for positives, that would be one. He looks fit, he looks raring to go, which if Newcastle are going to get off to a good start, that's what they're going to need. They're going to need St Maximum to be to be fit and up for the new season. Yeah, but I think it's defensively that that was the, the worrying thing was, if you look back at the highlights, which I'm sure you have, and many other fans, the, the defence just gave up in the first 20 minutes. They weren't on the toes at all. There was only... I think Jamal Lascelles was the only outfield player in the penalty area for Middlesbrough's opening goal. And the defence just, they just stood still. They they just stopped. And you can hear Neil Warnock on the sidelines screaming, do what you want. You've got 10 yards to his his own players. And it it was, it was comical really, if you, if you look at it. And uh, that game was meant to be all hush, hush behind closed doors. But, you know, now because the highlights are there and the scoreline's out there, it's everywhere and it's a huge headache for Steve Bruce. On to then transfers. Obviously, the season starts next weekend and Newcastle have brought in a couple, Jeff Hendrick, Mark Gillespie. But like you mentioned there, a striker is really um, important to Newcastle's season. And you brought a story about Matt Ritchie uh, potentially going to be involved in some sort of swap plush plus cash deal for Callum Wilson. Now, 
it's an interesting one. It's a, a story that split the, the the fan base. Um, obviously, Matt Ritchie's known for his kind of his drive on the pitch. You can hear him. You can hear him. You know, shouting at players, shouting his own teammates, shouting at himself probably most of the time. Um, he's really key to driving Newcastle forward. But goals are when Newcastle have been lacking. Is that a, a deal that you would see working for Newcastle United and Steve Bruce? Yeah, I think. I mean, Matt Ritchie's done brilliantly in his time at Newcastle. Um, he's like any player getting towards the end of his career. He's trying to squeeze every last drop out of the opportunity that he's got, not just out of his body in terms of wanting to play for as long as you can, but financially make the most of it. And I know fans don't like, they won't like to hear that. But at the end of the day, Matt Ritchie only signed a, a, a very good contract a few months ago. But if he's got the chance to, to make more money and his agent's got a chance to make more money and this is the way to do it then that's exactly what they'll do and uh, for supporters it's about sentiment and playing for the shirt but for professional players they'll, they'll want to as I say squeeze as much as they can out of this and um, if the money's right for Bournemouth I'm pretty sure he'll go One of the points being made about Mark Ritchie is kind of where does he fit into this starting eleven? If everyone is fit, if Steve Bruce gets in maybe a few additional players, um, where do you see Mark Ritchie fitting in? We mentioned his spirit and how important that is, but you don't see him knocking out Almiron or St Maximum. Um, Where do you do you see him having a starting place? um, You know, next week or in the in the, the, the first few weeks of the season. Well, I mean, with the fact that they're looking for a, a left-back and he's played left-back and left-wing-back and things like that, then he would say he would be he would be used if he stays. There's no doubt about that. Uh, quite where that would be, you know, we'd have to wait. Uh, I think Steve Bruce knows. The reason he got the contract was because Steve Bruce knows he's one of his sort of players he can turn to in the dressing room. And, you know, last season he proved to be... A, a bit of an asset in terms of you know keeping the dressing room together when Steve Bruce first come in. I, I remember um, being in the in the team hotel in China and Matt Ritchie coming over and having a conversation and saying, "Look, you know we can hear all the noise that's going on out there, but what we're going to say here is that we're all behind Steve Bruce. We want someone to come in and manage the club. We've got a caretaker at the moment. We need someone to come in and do this job properly." We're confident Steve Bruce can keep us in the Premier League and that's exactly what he did. So the players were with him all the way and Matt Ritchie was a key part of that. That's probably one of the reasons why he uh, he got that contract. Callum Wilson, you know, he knows where the back of the net is, England International. But some people are pointing out that his injury record isn't great and obviously we've seen Dwight Gill, who Steve Bruce really likes. He's gone down with an injury. He's likely to miss the, the first few weeks of the season at the very yeah. least. Um Callum Wilson went fit, no doubt he, he can score. He's probably quality. Do you think it's a risk though? Because we we would imagine that even if Matt Ritchie's involved in the deal, you're probably still looking at what maybe ten million on top of that. Um, given Newcastle's budget, given the time they've got to sign a, a striker who they're desperately in need of, is it a bit of a risk? Um, given Callum Wilson's injury record, well, I suppose any player's a risk coming in. I mean, you look at. Look at Denver Ball um, years ago. You know, Stoke wouldn't go anywhere near him in terms of giving him a contract. Newcastle took the opportunity that was there. They did the the homework in terms of the, the medical side of it, and he proved not only to be a top player for Newcastle, got a lot of goals, um, helped get them into Europe. 
he actually they got the, more than the money back on him as well. Um, probably should have got a lot more, if we'll be honest, because they put a, a clause in there. Um, but that just shows you that if you if you do your homework, um, then injuries do not mean that's the end of a deal. Yes, Callum Wilson's had two bad ones, um, but hopefully, you know, that he's going to be fine. He looked in decent shape towards the end of last season. So, fingers crossed, it would be a good deal for Newcastle. I do think they need him. We've got a question there about Ryan Fraser. Um, a lot of people asking um, whether he's going to be another signing for Newcastle United. You reported yesterday that Newcastle are searching now for answers. They want answers from Ryan Fraser to whether he wants to join Newcastle. Um, can you just give us your latest understanding on on that potential transfer? Well, I think we're learning a lot about Ryan Fraser in the last couple of days that um, he's very... He's very stubborn in his own mind, you know, and he's already been made an offer by Newcastle. Um, that's on the table. They're waiting for an answer. They definitely want him. Does he definitely want to come to Newcastle? That's what he's sort of mulling over at this moment in time. Um, he's been linked with a lot of clubs. We're not 100% sure on, you know, which ones are concrete at the moment. Are other clubs waiting to move players on? Or perhaps is he a second choice of somebody and he's waiting to see if they want to sign him. He's still got four weeks left, really, of the transfer window. I've seen Selig uh, linked today. So it's it's one where I'm sure he'd be more than welcome in Newcastle by the fans, by the club. Um, but at the end of the day, he's the one keeping them waiting with that decision. So he's obviously got a few he's obviously got a few options and he's obviously very driven. He's he's told Scotland he doesn't want to train with them. He told Bournemouth he didn't want to play any part in their last part of the, the season. So he obviously knows what he wants um, and he's holding out for that. Whether that's Newcastle, we'll have to wait and see, but they're definitely pushing to get him. I guess one important thing is that how fit will he be? Obviously, he didn't play during lockdown, didn't um, want to you know, risk, I guess, himself in case he got injured going into the pre-season. Do you, I mean, any word on whether he's he, he'd be fit and raring to go if Newcastle did sign him? Would he be able to, you know, start against West Ham? No, I don't, I don't think he'd be anywhere near it in terms of starting. I think he'd be very, very difficult to even say be on the bench unless he's been doing some unbelievable training on his own. But it's not the same as training with a team. Um, I think... He's got to make his mind up here what he wants um, because it's it's holding Newcastle up with other targets. It's holding potentially Jacob Murphy up. It's holding Sheffield Wednesday up. There's a lot of people in this equation. So he needs to um, make his mind up. But will he be fit for that first game? I would I would very much doubt it. He hasn't played since they played Liverpool the uh, day before lockdown. That game just on before Newcastle's last game before lockdown against Southampton. So that feels like a long, long time ago. Um, and to expect someone to walk in the starting lineup after that amount of time, uh, I, I highly, highly doubt it. Does indeed. Um, on to Rob Holden then, another one that Newcastle are very much interested in, a loan deal. Um, and another story you wrote yesterday was that it looks like they're going to have to um, get rid of a couple of players before he potentially signs, one being Fabian Scher and one potentially been Florian Lejeune. Um, a lot of people ask him, you know, if that's the case, is that a case to do with budget or is that a case to do because they're well stocked in that central defence area? I think it's more to do with the fact 
that they're trying to raise funds to bring in players in other parts of the pitch. Fabian Schur, especially, he's coming. He's got less than a year on his contract, so they could lose him for nothing unless they cash in now. So, I mean, they got him on a bargain fee anyway. I think it was about three million pound on a clause from uh, Deportivo, but um, they're going to potentially miss out on a, a lot more with him. Was he the player that we all, you know, seen in the first year or so last season? He he wasn't really. So I think he he could they could easily um, make a case to, to to get rid of him, and then they would have to bring someone like Rob Holden in. You know, so uh, it's uh, it's an interesting one. We mentioned last week when we we did this Facebook live um, that the tar the the main number one target seemed to be left back, given. Dwight Gale's injury and again we're still waiting on um, you know confirmation of how long he'll be out for but given the injury that Gale suffered um, you understand is it is a left back still the top priority Lee or has that now shifted to maybe looking um, for someone up top no they still want left back there's no doubt about it uh, obviously the minute they've only got Paul Dummett and Paul Dummett to sort of get to that stage in his career where he's he's thinking about more of a central position in that defence so it's it's de- it's ob- very obvious that they need to get a left back in. They've looked at a few different options. Um, they can't really afford to go in, in in October once that window's shut without a left back. Going into a long hard winter, they need to get it sorted. And um, whether it's going to be a, a sort of a, a younger player who comes in and is a bit of an understudy, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But they definitely need to get some cover there because. Uh, it, as I say, if, if injuries cut in again, that's not a position that you, you want somebody slotting in. You've seen that a few years ago, uh, about four or five years ago under John Carver, where he was having to put like Jack Colback at, at right back and um, playing Yamaha left back. A different situation completely, but just shows you that you need to have the right personnel. It's uh, It's very difficult. A few names mentioned. I saw in the Q and A yesterday. You mentioned uh, the the Man City fullback. I think it was, and Jamal Lewis has been linked today. We've seen the Bologna fullback, the Japanese international. Apologies, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name because I would just get it wrong. But that's another link that's been there. Jetro Williams made a come and get me play last week. Uh, Danny Rose is another one who's still potentially an option. Um, any of them names you think are the top of the list, or is it maybe someone who's going to call left field? And of course, is the the, uh, the the Greek international as well, a left back who's also uh, been mentioned. But any of them on the list, do you think, or is it just going to come out of the out of the blue? Do you think? Well, I think if you ask the supporters, if you if you were offered a fully fit Jetro Willems, then I think you would take that every time. Hugely popular player last season, scored uh, some fantastic goals in his short time. He was just starting to get into it, wasn't he? And sadly got that, that bad injury now. We, Newcastle would need assurances on his fitness. It would have to be a carefully constructed deal to make sure that they're not, you know, stuck with a player who's who's going to have injuries. They need to see that he's right. They need to see the proof of that. Um, but we'll wait and see. I know Danny Rose is still an option. It's one that hasn't been ruled out. Um, his representatives are still keeping in touch with Newcastle on that one. Still a month ago, so I wouldn't be surprised if one of the one of those two end up signing, but I still think that there might be a bit of mileage in in other targets first because uh, those two are still potential loans. So 
I think we've got to be patient at the minute. I think Steve Bruce uh, knows that it's a, it's a sort of crunch time. Yes, the season is starting very soon, but the window is still open for a few weeks and there's a still a few balls in the air that you know he's, he's probably juggling at the minute and he's trying to, to get that squad in, into good shape. Um, Andy Carroll at the moment, Newcastle's only fit striker, um, while Joe Linton not been involved uh, in the preseason just yet. Uh, question there from Barry Sloan, just thinking, do you think Andy Carroll will get the goals this season? Uh, you know, he's, he started well in preseason, didn't nab one um, on a, in the first season. He, he returned to Tyneside, but like he said, this is his first preseason in about eight years or something like that, and he started really well. Do you see him managing to um, to, to get a few goals this season if he stays fully fit? I guess is the is the main point. Oh, I, don't, I don't doubt he can make a contribution, but if you I think I said last week, if you if you asking me is he going to come in and get fifteen to twenty goals, I'd be very surprised. He hasn't done that for a number of years. Um, you know, if you look back over his stats, he's not he's not just about goals. He's more that tower and presence in and around the box, defensively making clearances, things like that. He's worth having on board. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan of Andy Carroll. I've seen him come through the youth system, um, got to know him a bit. He's, he's a good lad. He wants to do well for Newcastle, but I think even he would admit that Newcastle need to bring in another forward to bolster that attack. He cares about the club. I'm sure he would feel the same way. That said, if he can start that game against West Ham, what a player you've got there going to his old club, looking to possibly prove a few people wrong um, after he left there last last year. I think there was some strong words from the West Ham board uh, a, few, a few months ago now, criticising Andy Carroll. Uh, I think if he's fully fit, he, he'll relish going back there. and that, that That's a good sign because Newcastle got to get off to a good start. I said this last night, I said they need to get three or four points from them first two games at least, otherwise people are going to be right on the backs and there's no doubt about it because people, some of the fans, they're already making their feelings you know, known and they're entitled to that. So Newcastle have to get something on the board in those first two games, West Ham and Brighton. And uh, if Andy Carroll can contribute to that, then fantastic. Fingers crossed. Uh, question there from Michael Smith on Callum Wilson. If you scroll back, you'll find out what Lee's opinion is on the striker. Uh, Christian Atuli linked to Celtic. Um, you can't really see him, well, knocking St. Maxim out of the place in the starting 11. Is he someone that you think Newcastle could cash in on this summer? There are a few players they need to get rid of. Um, you know, Andre Savé is at one, Jacob Murphy potentially, but it was hinted that he, he might possibly stay on. We've seen Gary Monk today confirm yet again he's a big fan of Jacob Murphy, but um, Steve Agnew seemed to hint that maybe he'll be part of the the first team squad next season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Atsu and, and Murphy, what do you, what you see happening this summer with those two? I think with Atsu, I don't think people complain if he got left um, to, to fight for his place because he, can't, he, he does come in and he does make the odd contribution here and there. I mean, last summer he sat down and he he, he done a very good interview uh at the team hotel and he was basically saying that how he felt you know after an operation he'd had he could really come back and make a contribution and um, it didn't happen for him uh, he, you know he, he came in and out of the team um, but look if, if he's to go to 
to clear the squad, the wage bill, uh, bring in a bit of money, and I don't think people people will be kicking off about it too much. He, he's he's had a couple of years in Newcastle now, two or three years. He's done okay. Um, it's one of them ones where, you know, if there's an opportunity for him there, I mean, I've seen Celtic linked with him. What an opportunity that would be for him to to have some time up at a club as big as that. So it's an either or for me, Christian Atsu. Next question there from Mark Evans on the goalkeeper situation. Who do you believe is the best keeper to cover for Martin Debracker? We've seen both uh, Darlow and Gillespie involved in the preseason. So um, one would assume it's Darlow, but I mean, you know, Steve Bruce, well, could uh, spring a surprise. Well, well, we'll wait and see. I mean, I personally think he, he will go with Darlow to begin with. Uh, Darlow couldn't have been happy with his defence after that game against Middlesbrough. He was left totally exposed in the first half. Uh, and I think there's been harsh words said behind the scenes about that. Um, Gillespie's come in. He probably can't believe how close he is to... You know, he's a heartbeat away from the action now. Whereas, you know, when he signed, he was third choice. So... He's come in, he's put in a couple of decent performances, made a few good saves in pre-season and uh, hopefully hopefully um, he gets his chance. But I think Darlow, probably just on, on time served, Darlow will be the one who starts the season. And I'd, I'd, Jen, if, you, if you were asking me, is he going to sign another goalkeeper? I would say probably not because the priorities are elsewhere, as we all know with it the priorities at the other end of the pitch and if you've got a team working hard then it makes it easier for the goalkeeper but if they're going to put, perform like that then it's 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 going to be a nightmare for someone like Carl Darlow got a big question here from Joshua Blakey um, essentially asking when well when do Newcastle stop stockpiling players we have 30 on the books at the moment four signs would take it to 34 we need to shift nine to get it down to 25 and the next summer we have 13, um, 14 players out of contract. Um, I mean, it, it's not a case that Newcastle are just sitting on these players, is it, Lee? I mean, they are trying to get you know rid of the likes of Savé, uh, Muto is available, but they're kind of being uh, held back by, I suppose, the wages that they've agreed to play these players in the first place. No League One side is going to pick, pick up Savé's wage and they're probably the same in the Bundesliga where Muto would probably be best suited again, the wage is going to be an issue, isn't it? And, you know, that comes even before we start talking about how much Newcastle want for these players. Yeah, and it, it, it starts with the player, doesn't it? If, if you're picking up £35,000 a week and somebody then says, you can sign for this club, but you're only going to get £21,000 a week, you're not going to go. Why would you? Because you've agreed a contract, so you're going to sit on that contract for as long as you can and that's what the problem is at Newcastle they've signed I mean they've thrown money at some of these players um, Henri Survey um, I remember writing the the breakthrough article on that back in um, I think it was Christmas 2015 and it, he's still he's still here and that's no fault of his own because no one's been able to match his, match the wage that he's on so it's no, I, I see the point on that question completely and uh, they need to have a better strategy with players that they bring in um, and 
there's a few there that might be here still on the books for some time because they just can't get rid of them. And Moodle is just the latest one. On to a question here from Nick, and he asks, have you heard about how many fans will be allowed back in to St. James's Park in October? I suppose, if any at all. Do you, do you foresee fans um, being allowed back in next month? Yeah, I do. I think uh, October the 3rd seems to be <clears throat> seems to be the date that they're going to be uh, bringing at least some of the fans back in. And uh, I think it'll be in and around two and a half thousand supporters. No away fans, so the fans won't be able to travel the games. But at least two and a half thousand of them will be able to get into St James's, I think. Uh, and it's not, it's up to the club now to decide how and who comes in first, whether there'll be a rotation scheme. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I mean, Arsenal are the team that have, they've communicated with their fan base and they've, they've put it out there exactly what, what they are planning on doing. But the government guidelines say that from October, early October fans are going to be allowed back in. They've had the pilot scheme at Brighton last weekend. I think it was friendly against Chelsea and um, I think that went relatively well. So looks like some fans are going to see their team um, live from the seats again, which is which is it's a start, isn't it? And it'll, hopefully, it'll build back up to fifty thousand over the the fullness of time. That said, I see a lot of fans are saying that they're not going to go back because of the the because of the collapse of the takeover. So we'll have to wait and see. It'll certainly be interesting to see how they decide who goes in, whether it be a ballot or what have you be interesting to see the details of that um we had this question last week um but again drill it and miss and we've mentioned it briefly last week again we we said we couldn't get anything really stood up have the club well the club haven't yet confirmed where drill Linton is bit of a mystery well all we can all we can say is what we understand and what we've been led to believe by um sources we've spoken to off the record who say that he is in isolation or he has been in isolation on the back of a trip that he had over the summer and as far as Newcastle are concerned they just haven't said anything on the record um, I've personally approached his representatives and the answer that they gave was ask Newcastle so getting pinged around a little bit there um, but from what we understand. So neither party has seen anything on the record. So the way we have to look at it is this is what we understand. Uh, Joe Linton, in isolation, hasn't had much of a pre-season, hasn't had any pre-season, uh, and 10 days to go before a big game against West Ham. Is he going to be fit enough? The good thing with him is, is that for whatever people say about his goal-scoring capabilities, he's one of the fittest players last season. He was available every single game. And uh, hopefully, you know, he, he would be able to come in and play a part. I really want Joel in to do well. Don't get us wrong. I'm sure there's a lot of fans out there that you don't want to see a player suffering. Um, you want him to be putting the ball in the back of the net as much as he can, or at least playing well. Hopefully, he can come back this season and, and have a bit of a go. We hope that he would come back, but Project Restart in good shape. Um, he did. He got a goal at the start of it, but we need to uh, see a lot more of that. Indeed, and with Gail injured, Fitchell on form is even more important. An interesting one here from Billy. I'm just going to pop it on the screen there. Um, 
Lee, do you have sympathy for Steve Bruce? After all, he had his hands tied from start to finish. Lots of other managers might just say, no, thanks, I don't need the pressure. And look for somewhere or someone who may appreciate his loyalty and trust him to spend a few quid. Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Um, and the reality is, do I feel sorry for him? Um, probably not quite the expression I would use, but what I would say is, is that he could have had an easy life at Sheffield Wednesday. He could have stayed there. He could still be there now um, and to have another three, four years there. But he wanted to come and manage his boyhood team. So I certainly understand why he done it. Um you know, the stick, I'm pretty sure he's, he's he's been in the game a long time. He knew that he was going to get a certain amount of stick, if not for being ex-Man United captain, for being ex-Sunderland manager, because that's some people's sort of mentality, the way they think. Um, it's very it's very fan-based, fan-orientated. Um, that's, that's basically what people are on his back for. But on results, they finished 13th last season. They weren't spectacular but they were by no means a complete disaster. They got the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, not too bad, much better than previous years. Uh, and it was, I think after that West Brom game, when he sort of exploded in the press conference and had a go to a journalist or two, I think a lot of people were really on board with him in terms of he's got with the quarterfinals, we like his passion. They just didn't get that good draw, did they? And then we had lockdown, of course, so the momentum was was kind of lost. So I'm sure he's desperate to get this season started again and uh, try and get a few results. And he just seems to like proving critics wrong. So hopefully um, he can continue to do that. Final question then, Newcastle face Stoke. It's in Jim's Park on Saturday. What do we need to see from them? Do we need to see, it's only pre-season, but do we need to see a reaction from them given the result against Middlesbrough or is it again just about preparation and just keeping fit, making sure everyone gets through the game unscathed and just working out the best setup, the best formation? You know, plenty of questions still need to be answered. Do, does Dan Barlazer have a place in the first team squad going forward? Is it a case of just trying to get to their answers ahead of the, the kickoff against West Ham the following Saturday? Well, they certainly need to put in a, a response after Middlesbrough, regardless of it being a friendly. You want to see them respond to that in a positive manner. And as far as the second part of it is concerned, let's just get through this game without any further injuries. Um, can't afford to, to do that. Um, I know people don't get injured on purpose, but that game against West Ham now is probably paramount. The players, if you look at the minutes they've played, you can get a good team out of the, the players that have played so far. They've still got to play Middlesbrough on, on Monday. I'm not sure. I don't even <laughs> I don't even think that was how much of a good idea that is, given what happened the other day and the bit of bad blood between the two squads. I, I can't exactly see it being a, a, a friendly uh, atmosphere between them because of what happened. I see a bit of passion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bit of passion, but not so close to an important game against West Ham because if they lose to West Ham, no one will be uh, torn up for it. But look, let's just get through these two games. It's been a, let's be totally honest, it's been a nightmare preseason, hasn't it? They've lost the goalkeeper, they've lost Dwight Gale, Joe Linton hasn't been able to train. The skipper got sent off against Middlesbrough, they got thrashed off a championship side. Um, 
the transfers haven't exactly been flowing as positive as is that Jack uh, Jeff Hendricks here. So hopefully, um, hopefully they can finish off uh, this preseason and just get get on with the real stuff. 